0: to him. But just as he was gaining a footing, a man rushed forward and caught him by the ankles, and dragged him back upon the pavement. Peter turned on him furiously, and saw that his captor was one of the very men whom he had seen watching him on a previous occasion. "'Let me go!' he cried. "'Let me go! I must save my boy!' and he struggled frantically. "'A new way to save him, to throw him over the bridge,' said the man, who held him in a grip of iron. My boy, my boy, I must save my boy, cried Peter appealingly to the crowd. Your boy will be saved if the bravest fellow in England can do it. Look there, came the answer, and the crowd began to cheer. But just at the moment, another man leapt upon the parapet, and throwing off his coat, dived into the river. Some of the crowd helped to hold Peter, who struggled wildly, and nonetheless that he had recognized in the man who jumped from the bridge another of the men whom he had seen watching him. The tide was running so strongly upstream that young Peter was in a second or two after his immersion carried under the shadow of the arch, and close behind him his rescuer also disappeared from view. There was an instant rush across the bridge, and in a moment the up-river parapet was black with people, all looking eagerly for their coming through the arch. The seconds seemed ages but at length those exactly over it saw the body of the little boy drifting along just under the water and turning round as it came. As soon as the bridge was cleared and the sunlight reached the water above him, there was a violent struggle—a kicking about of the little chap's arms and legs in seemingly a death struggle. And then the horrified spectators saw two little hands rise above the water, clutch violently at the air, and sink again. Then the angle of refraction became too great, and even those on the center arch could see no more. There was a deep groan from the crowd, which, however, turned to a cheer as a man swimming overhand with a powerful stroke swept through the arch in the wake of the missing boy. A thousand hands pointed to where the child had gone down, and a thousand voices roared a thousand different directions. But the swimmer seemed to know instinctively the right spot and making for it, turned head foremost and went down into the deep water to search for him. There must have been some strange currents running round the piers of London Bridge that tide, for suddenly the crowd seemed to realize all at once that the boy's body had risen out of the water, not directly in the track of the stream, but at a spot some dozen or more yards on the Surrey side. In the moments that it elapsed, the little chap had had time to draw his breath, And in the stillness around, for the roar of the traffic had ceased for the moment, the crowd heard his faint cry, "'Oh, father, father!' There was an instant shiver through the crowd, such as is seen when a sudden breeze sweeps over a cornfield, for instinctively everyone had turned his head backward to look at the guilty father. The fierce howl that swept from the mass of people showed that it was just as well that a strong force of police now surrounded the prisoner, or his life might have been in danger. In the meantime, the man had risen from his dive, and the boy had again sunk. Again the crowd roared and pointed, and the man had with a few powerful strokes gained the place. This time, however, he did not dive for he knew that he must be ready to seize the body when it rose again, for it would be the last chance. The crowd and the man alike waited in fearful suspense. The swimmer was a keen-eyed, powerful fellow. He raised his head well above the water and kept looking all around him. It was well that he did so, for by another effort of those strange currents round the piers, the boy's body rose down the river this time, having travelled against the current and being still close to London Bridge, where the great crowd could plainly see. The swimmer seemed to jump forward in the water, and with half a dozen mighty overhand strokes, came close, and seized the boy by the back of the neck, and raised his head out of the water. The boy could not see him from the position in which he was held, and he again shouted, Father! Father! but this time in ringing joyous tones, which reached the crowd from Surrey to Middlesex. By this time, boats were coming up and down the river to the rescue, and it appeared to be well that they were at hand, for it seemed to be no easy task to rescue a child. The man who had appeared to swim so powerfully when alone seemed, now that he was hampered with the boy, to be hardly able